Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey there, are you ready to elevate your personal brand or company? Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for video content and audience building. Imagine growing your brand organically on social media without the hassle of editing videos for hours. With Viral Growth, it's a breeze. They handle the brainstorming, scripting, and editing while you simply just hit record. And don't worry about your niche. They cater to everyone, from business and marketing to health and wellness. Are you ready to make waves in the social media realm? Visit viralgrowth.io and use code ADWEEK, that's A-D-W-E-E-K, all lowercase, and get 10% off your plan. Being able to bring that tool bag from the military of how to lead, how to organize, how to set clear direction, motivate and inspire, the things that become foundational to your success in the military environment have been very, very applicable. You know, I reach into that tool bag almost on a daily basis. And certainly through COVID and through all the change that you've called out, that set of experiences, you know, maybe I didn't always know it at the time I was learning it, ended up and proved to be just an incredibly helpful and, and rich learning and education. Welcome to today's episode of Brave Commerce. I'm Rachel Tippograph, the founder and CEO of Micmac. I'm Sarah Hofsetter, president of Profitero. And this is a show that talks about what's relevant in e-commerce for the world's biggest brands. Sarah, it's a little known secret that you are on the board of directors of Campbell's Soup Company. That might be the world's worst uh, secret, especially given the uh, required disclosures and such. I am very, very, very much proudly a member of the board of directors of the Campbell Soup Company. It's my second favorite side hustle after the podcast, of course. (laughs) It's all right if if it beats the podcast. I'm curious, why did you choose to join the board there? An iconic company with iconic brands in the digital age. That's kind of my jam if you will. And so I was just happy to be part of that journey. I mean, nobody would have been able to tell me that a couple of years later, we would have been dealing with the throes of all the issues that other FMCG companies were having, whether it was, you know, COVID, pricing, supply, (laughs) labor, all of those kind of crazy things that came out. So it gave me such a crash course. I'm just thrilled to be a part of it. It seems like an unbelievable experience. Obviously, we both collaborate with Campbell's and there's amazing executives there. But Mark is pretty special. They chose to take a bet on hiring an outside CEO to transform the company. And he has a really strong leadership pedigree. I would just say one of the things that I love about Mark, first of all, what was great for me just very personally was I've worked with Mark before. I had the pleasure of working with him on monthlies for many years. We did a lot of fantastic work on Oreo together. And so being able to be reunited, albeit under some very different circumstances, was such an absolute treat. And he has just demonstrated such incredible leadership during so many times of change. And it's true to who he's been 
for as long as I know him. We don't want to give away in the intro all of Mark's leadership tips. This episode is a real treat, and we hope you give it a listen. The CEO of Campbell Soup Company, Mark Klaus. Mark, thanks so much for joining us today. Thrilled to be here. Excited. It's a phenomenal opportunity to get to speak with you on a number of fronts. You've been the CEO of Campbell's for almost five years now. And when you were recruited to join this company, it was to do some serious transformation. 18 months into your job, give or take, pandemic hits. About right. Yeah. It is a blur, but yes, that's about right. It's all a blur. So you get there, you navigated headwinds in a pandemic, labor, pricing, supply, divested many international investments, as well as some domestic ones, made a multi-billion dollar play on Sobos. You're moving the corporate headquarters together. What's the underlying recipe for guiding this amount and uh, significance of true business transformation. As you describe it, I'm, I'm not sure that my depiction is going to feel completely intuitive with that, but really the emphasis strategically for us at the company, as, as you know very well, has really been anchored in a concept of focus. If anything, in the world of where we started this journey five years ago, for a lot of good reasons, we had a lot of different oars in the water. We were trying a lot of different things to drive growth and you know, sometimes in those moments, you the unintended consequences, maybe you lose a little bit of focus on certain parts of the business. And really what we set up from the get-go was this concept of kind of a, a singular geography, North America, two divisions, the snacks business and the meals and beverage business, and, and about 13 categories. I think in many ways, the world that we've been navigating these last five years, focus has truly been one of the enablers for us to really persevere. And I think in many ways, really be able to move the business and the transformation agenda forward, even in these somewhat unprecedented times. And so that, I think in many ways, is at the heart of where we've been trying to, uh, what we anchored on when we started and what we've been driving throughout these five years. Sarah was listing off all of the transformational changes that have happened at Campbell's. For an inexperienced CEO, I'm like, that's a lot. That would make me feel anxious, but you're cool as a cucumber. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that's exactly. Every day I'm cool as a kid. Now, look, I think the good news is that all of that transformation, although it feels like a, a fairly lengthy laundry list, is pretty much all in service of a fairly singular destination. And I think that's a real critical component when you're tackling a lot of change. The risk is sometimes that you're off doing a variety of different things. But All of those were really kind of building blocks to a destination that we established or that we clarified really up front. And certainly with a couple twists and turns as we've been through, uh, you refine that as you go. But most of the elements that we've been tackling, whether it's from consolidating the businesses here in Camden to the acquisition of Sovos to $3 billion worth of divestitures on the business, they all served really the same purpose. And that was to get to that kind of core focus business where we had a high degree of confidence and conviction that we can win. Sovos, perhaps the latest, is a great example of that. It fits within our category structure. It's really about filling in portfolio gaps that are very growth advantaged and places where we really see potential to continue to drive success. But it's it's all within the context of places where we believe we have the strategic right to win. 
there's a lot of things I want to pull on, but one that stands out to me is the office. Yep. In terms of centralizing a headquarters during a time where a good portion of the workforce is actually staying at home. Yeah. So would love to hear your perspective on in-office work, central headquarters. Sure. Truth be told, if I would have been asked, what's the vision for the footprint of the offices when I started five years ago, I think I, I would have said, and I think we all recognize having kind of this scattered snacks kind of multi-location headquarters was probably not ideal for the long term. But I probably would have concluded that two headquarters would have made sense, right? A snacks headquarters and a meals and beverage. I think if you flash forward, though, through COVID and, and really both this challenge of creating meaningful time, collaborating together in an office, while also being in what I would describe a, a heightened battle for talent that really makes the ability for us to bring to bear the full weight of our bench, if you will, to fill roles as they open or to cross-pollinate capabilities across our divisions. The combination of those two things really led me to the conclusion that having the business co-located under one roof would, would give us an advantage on both of those fronts. And, and we're still early days into the journey, but I can tell you a lot of hand-wringing on this decision you know, how much disruption do you take on in a moment that you've got a lot of other things going on, but now having the advantage of looking a bit into the rearview mirror, it was absolutely the right thing to do. Our ability to take great talent and give them a vision for a career path that now seamlessly crosses between both divisions, corporate, all of those, I think makes it a very attractive proposition. And the energy in the building, we are a three-day in the office and then two-day remote. Tuesdays and Thursdays, we call core days in the office. That's where most of our big collaborative meetings are occurring. And then each team gets to pick kind of where their third day sits. But we want to make those three days in the office really meaningful and, and bringing the energy of the group together. And by consolidating, it also enabled us to invest in the office, make it more contemporary, more relevant to what the work style is and, and being able to seamlessly move from virtual work environments to collaborative work environments was a big uh, goal and objective. And, you know, so far, I would say it is as uh, worried as I was, if you will, about the move, we've just done a great job. And look, I, I also have great leaders on the divisions within the team. I mean, Chris Foley leads our snacking business. He just did a masterful job of building this passion of one snacks and bringing it together. So it feels a little counter to maybe a few others that are making different moves, but I think for us, it fits us really well. And so far, so good. We just got to keep that momentum going. You know, as someone who's done something slightly different where I have employees in seven countries and we're essentially virtual first. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. Yeah. I can tell you the fact that you made a decision probably brought so much clarity to employees and facilitated a lot of the other transformation. Obviously, whenever you make a decision like this, you know you're impacting people's lives and therefore that should never become an easy decision to make. I think one of the things we were really interested in understanding too is we made that move and certainly always people that can't make the move, how would we do attracting talent to the company? 
when I first started and we were filling openings, it wasn't always so easy. Uh, both Campbell's where we kind of were on the business, but also being in Camden, you know, not the same as as other uh, cities that might get a little bit more of the positive press of where young talent would want to go. But I've just been blown away by how we have just seen incredible talent that's excited about coming to Campbell's. And that's a testament to the whole team and the leadership and where the business is today. But I, I think sometimes we we may overburden ourselves with worrying about exactly where we are. It's about the environment that you create. And I think we've worked hard to create a, an inclusive and collaborative house here at uh, in Camden, New Jersey that we have all learned to love. Well, I'm not there three days a week by any stretch. I will say the vibe is highly energetic. And the interesting part of Camden is just the proximity to very different neighborhoods. You know, you could be living in downtown Philly and get a real urban vibe. Right. You can be living in Jersey suburbs. You can be living in a Philly suburb. There's a very different end. There's also some nice socioeconomic diversity that's around there as well. So even though you're in Camden, you're adjacent to so many other areas that you kind of can get a nice vibe. Yeah. One of the things that is so unique about Campbell's is the fact that I'm sitting right now today, one mile from where 155 years ago, Joseph Campbell put the first tomato in a can. And for the history buffs out there, four years after the Civil War, is when this company started. And our relationship with the city of Camden is truly unique. The ability to bring community, government, and corporation together to really get at true social issues. I have never seen a better example of it as I have with Campbell's. And I actually think there's a real role for us to play, providing hopefully it doesn't take 155 years for other companies to get there. But I think the idea is that there is a way in which you can not just write checks, but really roll up sleeves and work on things that are meaningful. And for a lot of young talent, yeah, you can live in Philadelphia and still be contributing back to Camden as part of what we do in our mission by being located right here in the middle of the city. Yeah, I think it's a true testament both to the heritage as well as the future. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey there, podcast fam. Are you ready to break free from the social media rut? Hold on to your hatch because we've got just the thing for you. Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for leveling up your online presence. Whether you're a personal brand or a company, they've got the tools and know-how to take you to the next level. With Viral Growth, forget about those endless hours of video editing. They handle everything from brainstorming to polishing your content so you can just focus on being awesome. And guess what? We're hooking you up with a sweet deal. Use code ADWEEK for 10% off when you sign up. Ready to take your social media game to the next level? Head on over to viralgrowth.io and let's turn those digital dreams into a reality. On the topic of kind of collaboration and teamwork makes the dream work situation, you know, it's no secret that I'm on the board of Campbell's. Love that. <laughs> <laughs> Just, 
full disclosure, hashtag, I don't even know what the hashtag would be for that. Biased, maybe, I think. <laughs> but that's okay. We'll take it. Always, always. I will absolutely own my bias. But like, what do you think makes for healthy dynamics between board and management? You know, within management, you talked about government and how the government and the city and the company play. Yeah. What about the dynamics between what makes for, you know, healthy dynamics in the boardroom? The secret ingredient always, truly almost, I would say, in any relationship in general is built on a foundation of trust. I think an objective always for uh, management, leaders, boards, you want to create that environment where the transparency, you know, we talk a lot about the good, the bad, and the ugly, you know, you got to be willing to have those conversations. And I, I've always personally believed that when it comes to management and board relationships, the more informed that the board is, the better partners they're going to be, and the more enrolled they're going to be in the decisions that we make. And so we're lucky to certainly to have you and other members of our board that have really kind of gotten into this business and really understood it so that when we have conversations, even if they're tough conversations, we're coming from a common understanding and I think a general belief that you're going to get it straight from me and, and that I'm going to hear it straight from you. And, and that's how you build, I think, cultures that are able to withstand, you know, the kind of chaos we've been through and the ups and downs is, is really built on that foundation of trust. And, you know, that's exactly how we tackle it within the company as well. So building a collaborative environment and inclusive environment in Campbell's really does start with that trust. And, and I, I not unlike the board relationship, I believe it's important that we arm our organization with an understanding of what we're dealing with. And, and if we don't understand or we don't have an answer, be open and honest about it and what we're doing to find it and how we're working to, to solve it. And I think that approach gives you a lot of connection, but commitment and conviction to what we're trying to get done. And look, a, a lot of a lot of grateful days that I have for that I have to work with. But I think we've worked hard to build that relationship and that culture. Mark, on the topic of board composition, you know, obviously, Sarah is an operator within the relevant MarTech marketing space. A lot of people who listen to our show want to get on public company boards. And so for those executives who aspire to do what Sarah did, what's your advice to them on, on how to position themselves for board positions? I'm lucky enough to sit on the board of Brown Foreman, who uh, makes probably a couple products that we may have uh, sipped on once or twice in our life, a uh, <laughs> little bit of Jack Daniels or Woodford on a, you know, on one of these beautiful fall days we're in now, maybe with some chunky soup perhaps along the way. But my advice would be, first and foremost, you can become obsessed with the idea of getting on a board being this critical developmental aspect of your career. And, I, and I, I'm all for that experience. But Never let it conflict with what your day job is, right? Make sure that you stay concentrated on the things you need to do to move your business and really fulfill the full potential of your role. But then when looking at a board, you spend a lot of time on it. And so you want to think about a couple of things. One, is it in an area where you've got some passion, right? Is it an area where you're interested? Is it a company or a platform where there's a good exchange of you're going to learn something and you're going to be able to contribute something, right? It is a little bit of this kind of yin and yang of, hey, I, you know, I want to go to kind of 
develop myself, but what am I going to be able to bring to the table that's relevant as well? And then maybe one of the more overlooked aspects of it is, you know, take a hard look at who's sitting around the table with you. It's one of those things where you can get really enamored with a board opportunity. It's a great additional component to your development, but I can tell you, I don't think there's been anyone that I know that ever has been told, hey, you didn't get that CEO job because you didn't have a board seat along the way, right? Hit it out of the park in the job you're in, I think is the best advice I'd give you. This episode will be released just a little bit after Veterans Day and you yourself are a vet and thank you. Whether it was your military service, your time at Mondelez, Pinnacle, Kraft Foods, the many times you and I have actually worked together, you have always been leading in times of change and really bringing forth cloud transformation. Are there any examples from your time, whether in the military or otherwise, that you think apply to the kinds of uh, challenges and opportunities that you're facing now? I think almost every day, and I appreciate the thanks for the service, but as I often say, it was an incredible privilege and honor. I, After being a parent and a husband, I'd say the greatest honor I've ever had was leading uh, men and women in the armed forces. And, and I say it was a gift because... I really can't think of another institution out there that at 20-something years old turns you loose with 30 or 40 seasoned professionals in an incredibly complex mission, and you have to learn how to lead in that environment. And so perhaps the greatest translation of that experience into the business world was just to have learned the tough, hard lessons of kind of cutting your teeth on leadership at an early age. And so I will say that as I found myself stepping into the corporate world, especially at craft, I was surrounded by the, the best and the brightest and you know, just incredibly smart and talented marketers and teaching me literally every day, probably uh, more than they cared to at times. But what I'll say is that what I was able to contribute was when you know we got into those moments of complexity or a little bit of chaos or how are we going to tackle this problem? Being able to bring that tool bag from the military of, of how to lead, how to organize, how to set clear direction, motivate and inspire the things that become foundational to your success in the military environment have been very, very applicable. And I, you know, I reach into that tool bag almost on a daily basis. And you know, certainly through COVID and through all the change that you've called out, that set of experiences, you know, maybe I didn't always know it at the time I was learning it ended up and proved to be just a, an incredibly helpful and, and rich learning and education. Although I will say, you know, I, I laugh about this a lot that, you know, probably these last three or four years, I think I've learned more about leading um, than I had in the previous 10. So it, I will say this, right? Never stop learning leadership. It is a lifelong journey. Keep that intellectual curiosity, be a student of the game and constantly challenge yourself to learn what is necessary to lead in an ever-changing world that we're in. Well, in the spirit of lifelong learning, curious how you're going to answer our famous last question, which is, what's the bravest thing you've ever done? Yeah, that, it's a great question. I love that you guys pose that. I reflected on it. I, you know, you obviously, you migrate to a lot of the business situations and, you know, whether it was uh, shooting a, a music video with Method Man from Wu-Tang on Sour Patch Kids, amazing that I didn't get fired after that, or other like, you know, business moments. But honestly, the bravest thing that I think I ever did 
in my life was really the decision to go to West Point. And, I, and I'll tell you why, because I was so ill-prepared. And if you would have seen kind of me on paper in 1986, recently voted best sense of humor, uh, not not most likely to succeed, not smartest in the group, not any of the traditional uh, West Point-esque things. But what I did realize is that making decisions in life that make you uncomfortable, that put you in positions where you may not uh, feel that you're 100% prepared already became a habit for me throughout my life that started with that first decision. And, you know, you'd always like to think that no matter what path you travel, you'd find success. But I have to say that moment of stepping into a situation where I got in, and I, I tell this to, to people all the time because I'm not ashamed of it. I'm, I'm actually quite proud. The only reason I got to West Point was because I could play basketball. That was the only reason that I got into the institution. I I remember finishing my summer and the athletic director at the time told myself and a football player that we had the lowest SAT scores of anybody at West Point. And he did that because he knew we were going to struggle. And sure enough, and it was about, you know, you're going to struggle. So raise your hand and ask for help. And, you know, I knew all of that was going to be up against me. I, you know, my other favorite story is my guidance counselor, after I declared I was going to West Point, handing me college pamphlets to tell me that when this didn't work out, here are some places you'd be better suited to go to. So I, I feel like that for me, that set in, in course a series of decisions in my life, whether it was going to Asia, whether it was leaving Mondelez after just loving my time there to go be the CEO of Pinnacle, or more recently stepping into a uh, arguably challenging but very uh, interesting moment at Campbell's, I feel like that set up a level of confidence for me and a comfort in being in these positions where you're a little bit uncertain if you're fully prepared. And I think there's a good life lesson in there for everybody to, uh, as you think about pursuing your career and, and what decisions you make, Don't be afraid to put yourself in a position where you might feel it's a little bit of a stretch. I I used to love when people would say we're leaning into you and that idea of putting yourself in that higher stressful, but, but more accelerated learning just proved, I think, although it could have gone a different way, I'm glad it went the way it did. And, and I learned so much about myself and about leadership in those, uh, in those years at West Point that I will be forever grateful of having uh, made that decision and probably my bravest. Thank you for your ability and making me feel a little bit better about my SAT scores, perhaps. Oh, yeah. oh, Sarah, trust me, I will make everybody that's listening to this podcast feel great about their SAT scores. <laughs> I'm in the same boat as you guys. Standardized tests was never my thing. <laughs> that all being said, I think the combination of vulnerability, tenacity, and focus, and tremendous intellectual curiosity, which Mark, you and I go back a while, I would say those are those are key tenets and themes that clearly shown through in your so many successes. So we at Brave Commerce are incredibly thankful that you were um, so open and willing to share with us. I think your insights on return to office, leading during change, staying calm in chaotic environments, and how to modulate yourself are phenomenal just learnings for so many of our listeners. So thank you. 
I appreciate it. It's thrilled to be here. And I can tell you there's a lot of, you've had just a tremendous set of guests that, that are full of wonderful insights. So, you know, hopefully I can live into that uh, uh, blueprint that's been created by those before me. But it's been a lot of fun as always to uh, kick it around with you guys. Thank you. Thanks, Mark. Great. What a special treat from Mark Klaus. You know, I met Mark in, I don't know, probably around 2010 when he was at Mondelez. And there was something very special about that time. There were many people that I had met during that time before Kraft and Mondelez actually had split. So he was still part of Kraft Foods. We have some other former guests that were at the company at that time. And it was just kind of like lightning in the bottle. So if you like what you heard from Mark, listen to a few other episodes of folks that I met during those special years around, call it 2010 to 2013, whether it's Jason Levine, who's now the CMO of Wisps, Howard Friedman, who's now the CEO of Utz Brands, or Jonathan Halverson, who is actually uh, CMO at Mondelez today, or even Stephen Chris, who is now at Campbell's. All of these folks were, were so formative in my understanding of CPG, and I hope that you guys will enjoy some episodes from the archives. If you like this, give it a listen, share, and tell a friend. Hey there, podcast fam. Are you ready to break free from the social media rut? Hold on to your hatch because we've got just the thing for you. Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for leveling up your online presence. Whether you're a personal brand or a company, they've got the tools and know-how to take you to the next level. With Viral Growth, forget about those endless hours of video editing. They handle everything from brainstorming to polishing your content so you can just focus on being awesome. And guess what? We're hooking you up with a sweet deal. Use code ADWEEK for 10% off when you sign up. Ready to take your social media game to the next level? Head on over to viralgrowth.io and let's turn those digital dreams into a reality. Hi, I'm Jackie Cooper, Global Chief Brand Officer at Edelman and the host of Touch of True, a new podcast launching on the Adweek Podcast Network. My dad gave me this incredibly smart piece of advice. Meet everyone once. As a result, I've met some of the most fascinating and inspiring people on the planet. Now on Touch of Truth, we're coming center stage and sharing the mic to experience stories of truth, insights and visions for the future that will challenge your way of thinking. Touch of Truth is available wherever you listen to podcasts. New episodes come out every Tuesday. I do hope to see you there.